For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Tiger fans, get ready for episode 182 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the 4EC. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is B.I. Love, Jackson State University. And I'm here today with a special guest for our Florida A&M preview for the Orange Blossom Classic. He is the assistant AD for football operations, Mr. Troy Johnson. Welcome to the show, Troy. Corey, man, glad to be here again, man. Glad you guys hadn't forgot about me and uh, invited me back to the show, even though I'm wearing the opposite color coming up on Sunday. <laughs> oh, you know we're going to get into that. You know we have to get into <laughs> it. You know, I can't let you off the hook. But uh, for our fans who are saying, wait a minute, this name sounds familiar. This voice sounds familiar. Uh, who, who is trying? I can't put my, my finger on it. Remind them who you are. Well, I am... Uh, the former assistant athletic director for internal operations at the Jackson state university. Uh, I left 1400 Lynch street about a month and a half ago uh, to take this position at Florida A&M. And uh, it's been exciting. It, it was a, it was a tough, tough decision to leave the tiger nation and, and, and leave 1400 Lynch Street, but uh, I've been welcomed with welcome arms in, in Tallahassee on the highest of seven hills and looking forward to uh, a great opportunity to expand my career and, and, and take a different role from something that I'm used to in a, in a new challenge. Absolutely, man. You know, you know, I've told you this, you know, it was a tough loss for us. I hated to see you go just on a personal level and just, you know, professionally, you know, what you were able to, to do over there at uh, Jackson State. But at the end of the day, it's all about growing, expanding and, you know, your opportunity to take your career to the next level, man. Hey, I'm happy for you. So definitely congratulations. I appreciate that, Corey. All right. All right. 
Well, let's get into it, man. You're the perfect person to bring on for this episode. You know a little bit about, well, you know a lot about Jackson State. And uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know a little bit about FAMU, but I think you know a lot about FAMU, even in the short amount of time that you've been there. So we definitely want to hear. We're going to let you spill it. Give us, give us a few secrets, you know, hopefully Coach Prime may listen and kind of, you know, help him with his game plan as well. Hey, it, might, it might cost you, man. It, <laughs> it, it might cost you. Ain't nothing in this world free. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, let's get into it, man. This this team, this Florida AM team, you know, they hadn't played football in, in, in since 2019. They missed the 2020 season. A lot of teams missed the 2020 season. It's specifically the MIAC decided not to play. Uh, so this team had to sit back and watch some of their HBCU counterparts play in the spring while not being able to participate. So now they're finally able to get back to it. And I can imagine. They can't wait to hit somebody, not in green, not in orange. So talk about the vibe and camp for in practice at family. What has that been like? Man, it's been amazing. Uh, you know, we hit the ground running to start camp and you can, you could feel the excitement from the players, from the coaches, from everybody associated with the, with the program. I mean, it was, it's been 600 plus days since, these guys have hit the field and and competed against someone else in a different color uniform. So just the excitement level at practice, the anticipation of getting camp started, and then the buildup to, you know, what has to be one of uh, the best matchups in, in week one of college football has just been, you know, a driving force to get the guys motivated, you know, to start camp and to fight those dog days of summer through that first week, week and a half of training camp, you know, before school started. So it's a level of excitement that's around our program right now. And it, it's, it's second to none. You know, we, we are ready to get out there and, and compete uh, against a, a conference foe now, mm -hmm. somewhat of a rival uh, from years past. And so just the fact that we hadn't done it in, in 600 and some odd days, it, it gives us even more, uh, excitement and more ability to go out and and and, and compete. Mm -hmm. And you know, you you mentioned that 600 days. I can only imagine having to wait that long just from a fan's perspective, because of course Jackson State, we didn't play in the fall. We had to wait until the spring, and that seemed like forever. You guys didn't play in the spring and had to wait until this fall. So, by, man, that has to be just man. As a as a player, I can just imagine. And that during those 600 days, I, I guess you can. There's probably a couple ways you can look at it. You can say, well, the guy should be fully rested and healed for the most part, having such a long amount of time since they last played. Or you could say, you know what, it's been so long since they've played. They may be out of sync, a little bit rusty. And, of course, both things can be true at the same time. So have you noticed one over the other during fall camp between looking fresh and ready to go versus looking like a team that hasn't played football in almost two years? No, you know, that there wasn't a difference. Uh you know, that old saying goes, is it, is it rest versus rust? You know, for us, it was a tad bit of, you know, just showing that we were rested. Uh, I think our strength and conditioning team, as well as our sports medicine team, you know, they had the guys in probably the best physical shape, you know, talking to some of the coaches that they've been going into a training camp in a very long time. So with that in mind, you know, there was not a lot of signs of rust. Did we have some guys that, you know, kind of sat out first couple of days just trying to nurse some things and get back? Yeah, we did. I think that's any program in the country. But as far as just showing, you know, a rust stain or two from not being on the field for that long of a period of time, we didn't have that. Like the guys were excited. They were energetic. Uh, they had a lot of life, a lot of juice, 
you know, a lot of energy to start camp off. And it, and it has trickled down, you know, throughout our, our veterans as well as our young guys that, you know, yeah, we hadn't played in 600 plus days, but that's not going to change the intensity and the, the speed and the aggression of which we attack practice each and every day. Awesome, man. And, and, you know, you keep talking about that excitement, which, as I stated earlier, I can only imagine Now, when you talk about that excitement. Of course, a lot of it has to do to the fact that they haven't played in so long and they're just eager to get back out there. But how much of it do you think has to do with the fact that it's Jackson State University, uh, one of the blue bloods of uh, black college football? It's in Miami and it's Labor Day. And I ask you that because on our end, and you know, we can look at things through some blue glasses sometimes, but we look at this as one of the biggest games in HBCU football this season and in years past. And we, you know, we think this is a really, really big deal. So would you say that the sentiments are similar over on the FAMU side? Uh, it, it's a big deal because it it's a first for us, right? It, it's the first game in a new conference. Uh, it's the first time that we are playing Jackson State as a conference foe instead of just a rival. You know what I mean? It's it's big for us because it's in South Florida and we have such a large fan base and alumni base in South Florida. We have a large uh, contingency of players, both current and former, from the South Florida area. It's always a heavily recruited area. So for all of those reasons, it's a big game for us, right? Needless to say, if it wasn't Jackson State, if it was Tennessee State or if it was South Carolina State or whoever it was to be able to open the season on national television in an NFL stadium in a, in a city such as Miami, not having played for 600 plus days and all of the pomp and circumstance that go along with it, it would still be a big game. Now, sidebar. <laughs> bold italicized underneath <laughs> it is jackson state and mm-hmm. because jackson state has been all over everybody's news feeds everybody's timelines every time you turn on youtube or espn or wherever it is you see something about jackson state it makes the game that much more uh exciting for us i wouldn't say important but i would say mm-hmm. exciting uh and and it's it I, I go back. It is important. It's important because it's the next one. You know, it, it's the first one on the schedule, and you can't get to where you want to be at the end of the season if you don't start the season off on the right note. So for us, it's uh we're, we're looking forward to it, man. I, mm-hmm. And I could go on and on about you know all of the things that lead up to it, mm-hmm. but just the fact that it's the first game of the season, it's the first game in a new conference. We're playing what was a out-of-conference rival, now an in-conference rival in South Florida. You got the 100 versus the boom. You got mm-hmm. all of the other intangible things that go along with this game. I, I think it's it's super exciting. Mm-hmm. And in addition to all that, I mean, there's just so many reasons why there's so much excitement. But from a FAMU standpoint, I would imagine that the players, or at least the returning players, feel like they probably have some unfinished business. Because if you look back to that 2019 season, they went 9-2. and two. They beat NCA&T, but they were ineligible for the postseason despite being at the top of the MEAC. So is that something that you've heard being still being talked about? Is that, uh, that you know, lingering? And is that something that they want to kind of go back out there and show that they're still that team and they deserve to be black college football national champions? Yeah, yeah. that That's something that uh, has come up. 
a time or two here in the last couple of days, last couple of weeks. And the reason being, those guys feel as if they left something on the field in 19. Like they had an opportunity to do some things and it was just ripped from them, right? Not because of something that they didn't do. You know, yeah, they lost two games, lost to Central Florida early in the year, and then the last game of the season lost to the other guys over in Florida that I won't mention their name. <laughs> but it's even with that, they beat the team who hoisted the trophy at the end of the year for quote unquote the best team in black college football, right? Mm-hmm. So if I've beaten you and I've beaten you, and the only reason I can't host the trophy is because of something self-imposed, then it makes me feel as if mm, we left something out there. So mm-hmm. the returners, the older guys, they know it, you know, they, they feel it. They know what it takes to get to that level and they go about their every day and they make sure that whether, whether you're an incoming freshman or a freshman that was here last year, but didn't get to play because of COVID, you need to know the standard around here and what we do on a daily basis and how we do it, right? Excellence is the standard. But in order to reach the standard, you have to practice perfection. So that's the way they approach each and every day. That's how they approach everything that they do. We practice perfection because excellence is our standard. So once we, you know, embed that into the newcomers, both players and staff, because I had to embrace it when I walked in the door, right? Mm -hmm. So once you put that into the minds of everybody that's involved in the program, you know the level in which you want to reach. And anything less than that is, it's not success. It's not success. And that's not what we we strive to do and who we strive to be. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Troy, now with this team having not played in 2020 or this past spring, I'd imagine this is a difficult team to scout if you're Coach Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and, and his and his crew. How different do you expect this team to be, this 2021 team, to be schematically from that 2019 team that you were just talking about that you know feels as though they are the Black College National Champions, that team that we last saw go 92 and, and beat that powerhouse A&T? Well, schematically, it's not going to be too much different. Uh, Coach Simmons is who he is offensively. Uh, we have a new defensive coordinator or, or co-defensive coordinators, but they are holdovers from the 19 staff. Our defense coordinator uh, from 19 left and took a job at uh, Marshall where he played his college ball uh, on a new staff up there. So uh, Ralph Street, but Coach Smith and Coach Sharp was on his staff and, and they bring their own nuances to the defense. So I don't think schematically – it'll be a lot different, right? Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I can say that will be different will be a couple pieces in the cog. Uh, There'll be a couple new pieces on the defensive side of the ball, a couple new pieces on the offensive side of the ball. But the one thing that will remain consistent, and it's been consistent throughout time when it comes to Florida A&M football, we're going to be fast. Mm. We're going to play fast. And if you can't play fast, when we play fast, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> you know, we, we build our programs on seven F's and one of those F's is fast and it's in there for a reason. Now I won't go into all of the different nuances of what fast means to us, but 
to the naked eye fast is fast. And we are in Florida. We recruit heavily in the state of Florida. So oh, yeah. anybody that follows football knows that there's a lot of speed in the state of Florida. And, and it's not, you know, it's not lacking at, at, at you know, Florida A&M because we thrive to be up. Coach Simmons' offenses from when he first became a coordinator at Middle Tennessee to when he went down to Alcorn, when he was over at PV, all of those offenses has a couple things, you know, similar to each other. But the one thing that stands out is all of those offenses were fast. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to be. We're going to be a fast football team on offense. And because our defense has to practice against us each and every day, they're going to be fast as well, too. So we're going to put a fast fundamental team out on the football field that's going to fight. We're going to finish everything that we do. and We're going to have fun. And at the end of the day, it's going to be all about our family. All right, and keep going, man. What are the rest of those Fs? We want to hear them. So if I had to put them in order, which I have to because that's just how we approach everything that we do. So there's seven days of the week, and we have seven Fs. And so mm-hmm. we, we preach these seven Fs on each day of the week. So starting off with Sunday, you have faith. And, and that's just self-explanatory, right? right? We can't do anything. We can't be who we are if we don't have faith in something. All right? Not telling you who to believe in and all that type stuff. But we all know in order to be a successful person in life on the field and anything that we do, we have to believe in something, right? So that's, that's Sunday. And then Mm -hmm. Monday is simple. It's fundamentals. That's what the game is built on. That's, that's who you are built on as a person. You can't build yourself up unless you have a fundamental background. You have a fundamental support system. So all of the things that deal with fundamentals, is our Monday. That's what we start our week off on. On our actual work week, we started off on fundamentals. And then Tuesday is fast. You know, we're going to be fast. We're going gonna to play fast. We're going to approach everything fastly. We're going to do everything in a fast type of way, right? And then there's some other definitions of fast or fasting that I won't get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll leave that for the walls of our building. But mm-hmm. Then we go into fight, right? And we're not talking about, you know, squaring up, putting on the gloves and going toe-to-toe with somebody. But if you are an athlete, if you follow sports, you know what it is to fight. You know that in order to get out what you put in, you're going to have to battle some things. You're going to have to fight some things off and fight through some things to get what you really want. And then in turn, after that, it's all about finishing. So if you're going to fight, if if you're going to stand toe-to-toe, with whatever that opponent is in life on the football field or whatever, you got to finish it because if you don't finish it, they're going to finish you. So we're going to finish everything mm. that we do. It's going to be all about finishing. And then after I finish, we're going to have fun. You know, we're going to have fun. We're going to, we're going to enjoy what we do. We're going to love what we do. We're going to have fun while we do it. And then after we have fun, we're going to put it all on the line and we're going to bring it all back together for the family. Now, you guys and not just you Corey, but the whole entire world spells family one way mm-hmm. right we spell family another way okay we spell family f-a-m-u-l-y <laughs> hey, i get it man i actually like it man i actually like it man i'm not i'm not ashamed to admit it man that's pretty cool man that's, that's dope actually 
I love it, man. And, you know, Coach Willie Simmons, I'm not surprised. You know, he, you know, his resume speaks for himself. He gets kids to buy in. And, uh, you know, what you just you know, explained to us, I'm, I'm not surprised that it's something that he's implemented. And I can imagine all the kids are buying into it and the coaches as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to you're going to hear uh, everybody in the orange and green speak the same language. Mm-hmm. There, there's not going to come a time where you would interview one of our, our players or one of our coaches or one of our support staff members or anybody associated with family football. And you will get a different story mm-hmm. uh, from any of those guys. Everybody within that program is going to speak the same language. And that's a testament to who coach is and to how he goes about his daily business with not only the staff, but with the players as well, too. Absolutely. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. So sticking to that 2019 team that we keep talking about, you talked about some of the differences and similarities from a schematic standpoint, but from a personnel standpoint, who are some of the key players who contributed to that team who are still around and you're expecting them to do big things and contribute even more in 2021? There's, there's a few guys that are still around from that 19 team that, that contributed a bunch. I think everybody uh, around black college football and, and F, uh, FCS football, for that matter, knows the name Marquise Bell, right? Mm-hmm. So Marquise is, is leading the charge on the defense on the back end, uh, a strong, physical, tough safety that, that doesn't mind coming down, sticking his nose into the run game, but – can be that safety that gets over top and, and, and causes problems in the passing game as well, too. He's a leader both on and off the field. Guys that you're going to hear his name all throughout the season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on everybody's ballot for SWAC defensive player of the year at the end of the mm-hmm. year. I wouldn't be surprised if if you don't hear his name uh, called on the first or the second day of the NFL draft this coming up year. Uh, wow. He's just that type of He's just that type of guy. Uh, also on the defense, uh, linebacker-wise, uh, Derek Mayweather is is a holdover from that 19 team, and Derek is is kind of old school backer, right? He he's not he's not two thirty, you know, two twenty five sideline to sideline guy. He's a he's a two forty two forty five kind of box shape type of guy. But the one thing that I can say that you're going to get from him is he's going to bring everything that he has every play, right? Mm-hmm. And and do not let the size and his box-tight frame fool you. He can get sideline to sideline. He can make every play on the football field. And and he's going to be uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to make a good bit of plays for us on the defensive side of the ball. Um, moving over to offense, uh, right guard Keenan Forbes Keenan mm-hmm. is another one of those guys that I wouldn't be surprised if I hear his name come draft day uh, very athletic very physical guy in in the inside of that offensive line uh, holds that thing down on the right side you can you can bet your bottom dollar when things get tough you can find Keenan somewhere in the mix where the ball is going to be right mm-hmm. we we he he's just that guy he uh kind of has a chip on his shoulder a little bit because he was an all-conference guy in the MEAC and then came over to the SWAC and not really on any preseason rankings uh, for the SWAC from an offensive line standpoint. So has a little chip on his shoulder there. Uh, but great kid, does everything the way that you ask him, you know, his first class and everything that he does. Uh, so really, really good, really good guy. And it transfers over onto the football field as well too. Mm-hmm. Then, man, out wide. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. 
I, I grew up in, I think we talked about this before, Corey, but I grew up in Orangeburg and, mm-hmm. and I grew up a South Carolina State fan, right? Right. And during the heyday when when fam was just kind of doing their thing throughout the MEAC, they had this thing called the Rack Boys, right? Okay. Run after catch. And and the Rack Boys were were dynamic. They were they were fast, they could catch anything. Uh they ran after the catch, which give them gave them their name. But they gon they gon dance, you know. They were flamboyant, right? So mm-hmm. there's something now called Rack Boys 2.0, <laughs> and and these guys out wide, man, are 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 some guys, you know. They're, they're some guys, and the thing that I've noticed about this group is they're real selfless. It's not a whole bunch of bickering about hey, I need to get this number of t- uh, catches or I need to get this number of touches. It- it's all for the love of the game and, and, and to make family better. And leading that charge is Xavier Smith. Mm-hmm. Like, Zay is uh, Mr. Everything. Like, you- you'll see Zay uh, return some kicks. You'll see him line up out wide. Like, he is that guy that uh, the band gets in ready mode when the ball gets in his hands because he can – he can hit his head on the goalpost at any moment hmm. in a football game, and he, he's he's that exciting. But uh, I'm excited, man, that these wideouts are are who they are, and and they too have you know a chip on their shoulder. Because if you ask people around the swag, they'll say Alabama A&M has the best wide receiver core in the league, and you know all of that type stuff. And and these boys don't, you know, they they like, hey, you know, we know we may be the new boys on the block, but don't sleep on us, right? Because we 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 we're gonna bring what we're gonna bring. So uh, Zay Smith is another one of those guys from that nineteen team that can that can get some things done, man. And and there's 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 a few guys you know in the mix that that played but didn't really stand out in nineteen. And and now that some people have graduated and moved on, they have the opportunity to step into the limelight and become that next man up. So I think you're gonna see. You're going to see some some very very interesting storylines develop throughout the year uh, from our returners as well as some of the newcomers that's coming in too. Mm-hmm. And now uh, earlier you mentioned a couple of the guys who you know, have a chance to hear their name called on on draft day in the NFL. And you know Willie Simmons, I think, kind of go kind of flies under the radar as being a great such a great recruiter, bringing in that talent because much has been made about Jack State's recruiting class since Coach Prime took the helm. But Coach, Coach Simmons, like I said, he's brought in his share of three and four star recruits and transfers in the last, especially in the last two classes. So talk about some of the newcomers, some guys that we didn't see in FAMU's rotation or even on the team back in 2019 who could make a big impact this fall. Man, there's a few, you know, there's a few. The, the thing that is good about not playing in uh, 2020 is the fact that you signed a full recruiting class in 20. And those guys, you know, went through a spring practice and all of that. Now they hadn't played college football yet, but they've been on campus. They got adjusted to college life. So now you have a true two freshman classes on campus to go along with some of the uh, transfer guys that have come in that, that have been signed in this last class. You know, as you alluded to, Coach has done a really good job, him and his staff, on recruiting and and making – uh, family football, right? Yeah, it, it hadn't been uh, publicized all over the globe as some of the recruiting efforts of Jackson State, and and that's probably uh, to coaches' liking. You know what I mean? 
but there is some guys, you know, there, there's an Antoine Collier who was a all conference safety at central Florida that, that transferred in that's here. You have a lovey Jenkins who played significant amount of uh, reps at ACC university of Louisville. That's now here. Uh, you have uh, some guys that transferred in from wake forest, Orlando Higgs. That's on the offensive line, Robert Glanton. That's in the secondary uh, you have some freshmen, some really true freshmen uh, at the quarterback spot. Junior has come in, and and Junior has 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 wowed some people with his ability to stretch the field with his arm and how fast he's picked up uh, the offense. Right then, you have some guys out wide uh, to add to the Rat Boys and some depth added to the defensive front that will give us the ability to rotate you know, several defensive linemen throughout the course of a game. And and, mm-hmm. and as you know, in today's football, with people trying to be up-tempo and, you know, play fast and hurry up offense and all that type stuff, those big boys up front, you know, you got to have something to throw at them because they're going to get worn down. And I think in these last two recruiting classes that we've had, we've added depth in those spots. And that's going to be the, the resounding theme of our team is that we're going to be deep at certain positions that, you know, you might not have seen depth at in years past, but mm-hmm. just the ability not to play in 20 and to add a whole nother class in the 2021 uh, recruiting year is going to help our depth. And it's going to help us, you know, develop uh, some players and not have to play some of those younger guys early on because we have so much depth at those positions. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's a good good stuff. If uh, if you're a FAMU fan, it is <laughs> good stuff. I don't know, you know, how, how that comes across with the Jack State fans, but you know, Coach again, Coach Willie Sim is doing a great job upgrading the roster, making the necessary changes. But it's not just the player roster that experienced some turnover and some additions, but it's also the coaching staff. And Jack State, of course, had a coaching staff last year, a new coaching staff coming in with Coach Prime, and only two coaches were retained. And the new staff had an actual game to play. You were there less than two months after it was fully assembled, which is unprecedented. But talk about these FAMU coaching changes. Is, is the majority of the staff still intact from 2019 or who are some of the new additions? Yeah, yeah. Majority of the staff is still there. Uh, there's only been three new coaches that have been added to the staff. And the crazy thing about those three is one of those positions there in 19 nor 18 when coach in 17 when coach took over right so Mm -hmm. he never had a full allotment of of coaches so he'd always had to coach a position group you know one year he coached the quarterbacks and then after he hired kj black from prairie view who was on his staff at prairie view who played quarterback at at prairie view was all swag guy over there he brought KJ on to coach quarterbacks, and then he transitioned to coaching running backs again at where he got his start at Middle Tennessee coaching running backs. So finally this year, he's been able to, with the help of our administration, VP AD Courtney Gaucher and his team, they've allowed him a full staff. So he has a running back coach now in Shane Tucker who comes from Austin. He played his college ball at Middle Tennessee, was a highly recruited guy coming out of Memphis, ended up at middle, had a great career at Middle Tennessee, won some bowl games there, did some great things for Coach Stock and his team over there. And 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 he's joining the staff as running back coach, a name that, that'll be familiar to Jackson State 
uh, Milton Patterson. Milton mm-hmm. is coming over to coach our defensive line from where the defense I alluded to earlier, he left to go to University of Marshall, or Marshall University, I'm sorry, to coach D-line up there where he played his college ball. So Milton comes to us uh, as a defensive line coach. And then I don't know whether Jackson State will know this name or if they do know it, they may not want to remember it. But <laughs> we added an offensive line coach by the name of Ryan Stancheck who uh-huh. was offensive line coach and a coordinator at Alcorn, you know, back when uh, Jay Hobson was there and on Coach McNear's staff. So mm-hmm. he added, uh, Coach Simmons added Coach Stancheck there. They have a previous relationship. They worked together at Alcorn, you know, back in the day. So those three guys have been added to the staff along with myself. Uh, so there's a complete, I wouldn't say a complete overhaul, but, adding us to the staff that was already completed uh, makes it that much better. Right. Because mm-hmm. as I said, he never had a full uh, plethora of coaches. So he mm-hmm. adds a running back coach that he had to coach that position the season before he never had a uh, director of football operations. So he adds me to that mix. Now coaches don't have to have the responsibilities of being liaison to this area, mm-hmm. liaison to that area, they can go and coach ball. Yeah, Milton to the defensive side where he has some coordinator experience and, and kind of help Coach Smith and Coach Sharp uh, and Coach Lemke along with Coach Roll on the defensive side. So it's just, I mean, it's looking up, man. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is a great staff to work with, a great staff to be around. Uh, there's some, you know, there's some some old heads in the bunch. There's some young heads in the bunch. There's some uh, medium age heads in the bunch. So <laughs> it's it's all over the spectrum, man. You know, there's former head coaches on staff, both high school and college. Uh, you know, we we have a great staff, man. And coach has done a great job of of implementing his thoughts and his philosophy into the minds of of our coaches and our support staff. And and it's it's great, man. We we we're really looking forward to getting this thing kicked off here on Sunday. And then, Troy, you mentioned uh, one of the coaching changes was that running backs coach, which uh, Coach Shane Tucker coming in. I do want to talk about that position group because back in 2019, that was one of the the, the, the sour spots uh, for the team. Fam, you had the worst rush, rushing offense in the MEAC, but your leading rusher from that season is returning, and of course, you bring in a new running back coach. So, how is that position group shaping up? You know, anytime you talk about running the football, it starts up front with those big guys, right? Mm -hmm. And I really believe that Coach Stanchek coming in, bringing his knowledge of offensive line and the ability to be able to reconnect with Coach Simmons on the offensive side of the ball like they did, you know, in their years at Alcorn, where they, you know, they led the SWAC in rushing. Uh, They led Alcorn to a SWAC championship, you know, in their years there it starts there. So he has really, you know, came in and put his two cents into the running game. And then when you add coach Tucker, someone who can sit in that room and turn on film and not only tell you what to do, but he can go show you what to do from his own tape. You know what I mean? It adds validity to the room and not say that coach Simmons couldn't get that out of the guys because he got everything out of them and they love him to death. But there's a difference when, you can go to your position coach and ask him, you know, X, Y, and Z, and he can show you on film where he's done it and he can show you how it needs to be done. Right. 
Coach Simmons is probably one of the best quarterbacks that I've been around, one of the smartest quarterbacks that I've been around. But at the end of the day, he was a quarterback. So no, no matter how much training you get on coaching running backs and doing that sort of thing, your first love is to be a, a, a quarterback. So that's where you are. Coach Tucker is a running back by heart, you know, and he's still young enough to where he gets out there and practice sometimes and he can steal a rep or two and you wouldn't even know the difference, right? So he's adding, you know, validity to that room. The guys are picking up. They're feeding off of his energy. He coaches with a lot of energy. Uh, he's a high-energy guy, high-spirited guy. Uh, he really does a great job of getting those guys to be selfless. You have Bishop Bonnet, who's returning in there. You have Terrell Jennings, who's returning in there. So those two guys, they balance each other out well, right? Bishop is... Uh, about five seven five eight you know kind of lightning type guy and then Terrell being a bigger back kind of comes in there and he's a he's a banger but don't let his size fool you he can still pick him up and put him down like the old people say uh, and then you know adding some new depth to that position and uh in a week we signed a freshman a local guy uh from from Tallahassee he's a he's a track guy as well as a football guy uh DeAndre Francis, he can really he can really move, right? So the 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 task that Coach Tucker has had doing camp is taking a really fast guy and getting him to be patient in the run game and not look for the home run every time. But when that opportunity presents itself, you need to show everybody why you won the state in track in the hundred meters in the state of Florida, right? And you just don't do that by waking up every morning. You got to be able to run to win state in Florida. I don't care what level it is, right? You got to be able to run. And, and DeAndre brings that to the mix as well. Mm-hmm. So you'll see, you'll see a good bit of uh, a good bit of both power and speed in our running game. And I guarantee you, uh, we won't be the worst rushing offense in the swag <laughs> as we was in the MEAC in nineteen. Uh-huh. Absolutely. It, 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 Troy, it's no way I can let you get out of here without you addressing the elephant in the room, and that's that quarterback position. <laughs> There's been some uncertainty in the quarterback room and down in Tallahassee. This will be the first time in what seems like forever that the Rattlers' record-setting signal caller Ryan Stanley won't be on the center. And I know it's been several guys vying for that job, including the returnee. Uh, some may say he, he's probably the favorite, Mashawn McKay, and he was Stanley's backup, of course. And he's won some games for Coach Simmons in the past. And there's also Cameron Sapp. And I think you mentioned Junior Maratovic. So can we get some breaking news right here on Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club? It's just us. We used to be family, man. We still consider you family. So can you break the news? Who is the starting quarterback for FAMU? Well, i tell you this. I, I worked for a guy, uh, or worked with a guy back in the day, right? And he used to give his scouting report before uh, the games, and, and he would say this. I can guarantee you one thing. There's going to be 11 people lined up on offense, and there's going to be 11 people lined up on defense. Now, who those 11 going to be? I don't know, you know? So to answer your question, nah, I can't give you that information right now. Uh, everybody will have to wait until uh, kickoff time on Sunday. And, and I think, what was it? Has they, Have they announced yet? Is it 306 kick, 307, somewhere around in there? Uh, uh, somewhere around in there. Somewhere around in there. So everybody tune in. If you're not going to be in Miami, turn your TVs on. Uh, the ESPN two around that time. And I guarantee you, you will find out uh, who the starting quarterback is, but uh, it has been, it has been a, a great camp for the quarterback room. 
those guys have competed their butts off. Uh, they come to work every day. I think they're a, a group of true leaders. The guys really uh, buy into what those guys are saying offensively uh, and not just offensively, just throughout the whole entire locker room. Like they, they come to work every day, ready, willing, and able to work uh, not only on the field, but in the meeting rooms, in the weight room. Uh, they're the first in there for treatment. You know, they're, they're in the weight room all the time getting extra work. Uh, and they stay after to get extra work with their receiver group. So any one of those guys that get called upon on Sat on Sunday, excuse me, to be the starter for the Rattlers, I don't think we are. Uh, I don't think we'll be disappointed in either one of those guys. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll definitely be tuned in. A lot of our listeners will be there, so we get to see it firsthand. But uh, that's definitely something we're uh, we're all waiting to hear and uh, kind of see who's going to take the reins. We're waiting on that announcement. So definitely looking forward to it. And I try before I, I let you go, I do want to touch on uh, Coach Willie Simmons. I know, you know, we've mentioned him several times. I just want to talk about you and, and your relationship with him and just how it came about for you to to get this, uh, you know, job opportunity over there, fam. You, a lot of people may not know that you guys go way back. And, you know, in in, in this business, in, in any career, honestly, you know, relationship building is, has a lot to do with it, of course, networking and things like that. But it's no coincidence that you're at FAMU. So can you just talk to us about, you know, how this came about and that relationship with Coach Simmons? Yeah, uh, our relationship dates back, uh, and I'm going to date both me and him on this one, but (laughs) our relationship dates back about 20-plus years. Uh, I met Coach Simmons in August of 2000. I was a freshman uh, student manager at Clemson, and he was a redshirt freshman quarterback uh, at Clemson, and and we we really didn't hit it off well. Uh, Coach Hmm. was the backup uh, to my homeboy, Woodrow Dassler, who's from Orangeburg, went to school with me. We wow. grew up together. Oh, yeah, that's that. a name we all know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Coach Simmons was recruited, uh, quote, unquote, to be the savior of Clemson football. He was going to come in and he was going to do all of the things from the quarterback spot that uh, Coach Rich Rodriguez and Coach Tommy Bowden wanted in their offense, right? And so he was coming in to be that guy. But for me, Woody was the guy. So you're mm-hmm. not going to come in and take my guy's spot. Like my guy is who he is. Right. And so we didn't, we really didn't hit it off well in the beginning because I kind of looked side eye at him because everybody was saying he was supposed to be the savior. But uh, one day I ended up having to work with the quarterbacks cause I was a wide receiver manager and I was with the quarterbacks and had to end up snapping to him doing routes on the air. And uh, some way or another, we ended up having a couple conversations throughout that day. And ever since then, man, we've been we've been we've been rocking tight. You know, mm-hmm. we we worked together at Middle Tennessee. He got hired in March. I got hired in June. We lived together for a year there in uh in Middle Tennessee when we were working there together from 2007 to 2012. Uh, we hung out every weekend together. Uh, we did just about everything you can imagine together in in Murfreesboro in the Nashville area. And then we both kind of went our separate ways. I got into sales and he left and, and, and took the uh, coordinator position down at Alcorn. And then when VP Robinson hired him over at Prairie View, there was a short stint where we kind of went back and forth about possibly joining the crew uh, over at Prairie View. That's where I first met uh, A.D. Rob mm-hmm. and, and kind of developed that relationship with him. Hence how I got to, you know, the Jackson state, but uh, needless to say, me and Willie uh, never, you know, we never really, from the moment we became tight, we never really just stopped talking, right? We've always been 
been friends. He's been uh, one of the better friends that I've had in my life. Um, you know, me and my wife and, and him, we joke about it all the time. You know, the two of them call each other best friends because she said, I won't call him my best friend. So she'll just take it and make uh, make him uh, her best friend. Uh, but we kind of joke about wow. that. But that's just the type of relationship that we wow. have. So uh, when, when he uh, made the phone call to, you know, to start the conversation, uh, it was it was almost a no brainer. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the part that some people won't know or don't know is that his vice president and AD, Courtney Gaucher, is also Courtney replaced me at Middle Tennessee as equipment manager when I left in 2012. So I introduced Courtney to Coach Stock. Courtney ends up getting hired by Coach Stock in Middle Tennessee as equipment guy. He stays in that role for about a year. Then he elevates to associate AD for equipment and facility operations. He in turn becomes senior associate AD at Middle Tennessee, then becomes uh, senior associate AD at University of Miami and then becomes vice president and athletic director at Florida A&M. So mm-hmm. there is a, a true uh, family uh, atmosphere there on, on the highest of seven hills in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. And, and I am fortunate enough to be able to call both of those men, my friends, as well as some other people on staff. Uh, and so when they made the phone call to try and lure me down to Tallahassee, the only person that I had to convince to let me take the move was my was my wife but after mm-hmm. I you know after I got her convinced and we kind of agreed upon it uh, the move happened and, and, it, and it's been a good move now I'm not sure whether it'll come back to bite me later on Corey but I think <laughs> by her allowing me to to make that jump it may hit my pocket later on because I may Uh-oh. have to buy or something uh-huh. because we're you know we're we're living separately right now but uh, it's been it's been a great move, man. And and you're right. Relationships matter. You know, you always got to be careful of how you treat people uh, mm-hmm. because you never know when it may come back around. And and, and the fact that me and Courtney uh, and me and Willie have have developed that relationship over the years and been able to keep up with that relationship over time is, is just a true testament of who they are as men and, and how much I value their relationship and their friendship. Uh, to get me to get me to leave my wife uh, mm-hmm. to come down to Tallahassee and, and start a new journey in my career. Wow. Good stuff, man. That's a great story. And uh, again, man, I'm happy for you. Congratulations yet again. And I really appreciate you for doing this, man. You are more knowledgeable than I would have ever imagined only being there less than a month. So, uh, you know, again, you were able to come in and give us some great insight on the team. I know our fans will absolutely enjoy hearing this. Looking forward to seeing you in Miami. And uh, go Tigers. Hey, man, I, I, I end by saying this, man. I know this is Tiger Talk and, you know, it's 1,400. And, and, and you guys have to, you know, say go Tigers and y'all bleed blue and, you know, protect the block and all of that type of stuff, man. And, and that's and that's great. That That's exactly what you're supposed to do. That's what you're supposed to say. Uh-oh. Because that's who you guys are. Right? Uh-oh. I, I just feel like a setup. This feels that's, like a setup. That's, that's Keep going. Get to it. Get I, to it. I, I don't, you know. I, I, I admire the, the love and the tenacity that you guys have for, uh, for Jackson State, Jackson State Athletics, Jackson State football. 
And, and I'm I'm happy, Corey. I, I, I'm happy that we get to start this thing off with you guys, and you know y'all get to start it off against us. You know your Coach Prime's first official season uh, in the in the in the swag and and in HBCU football, and like he likes to say. You know, I've heard him say it a couple of times. You know, it's the start of the genesis. The genesis starts now mm-hmm. and all of that type of stuff, man. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, am, I am super excited. Here it all comes. This is going on, right? Here it comes. But just remember, Corey, just remember, <laughs> when the dark clouds gather on the horizon, when the thunder and lightning fill the sky, when fate is but a glint in the eye, of a fallen rapper and the hopes are lost friends when the snoo of the chest grows weary from all those hard charging linebackers and the muscles and the legs grow tired from those hard charging running backs you must always remember Corey that the rattlers will strike and strike and strike again. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you for having me on. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Been a pleasure, been a pleasure, man. Hopefully, we can make this a, a yearly thing, a annual thing for you know each time we we play you guys leading into the show. And you know, you started to do some things with the basketball team for Jackson State uh, with alongside Rob Jay, just some our color commentary, man. And I, I texted you during the middle of the game, as soon as the halftime started the first game. I texted you and said, "Wow, man, great job." I was looking forward to you continuing that, but. You know, if you're going to do the same thing for fam, you definitely want to do some shows kind of talking about those, those matchups as well, man. But good, good luck with everything. Congratulations. And don't be a stranger, man. Stay in touch. Man, I appreciate you guys, man. Look forward to seeing all of you in Miami. If you see me, don't be a stranger. Come up and speak. You know, keep your distance. Put your mask on because I know the numbers in Mississippi are still high. And um, Florida. <laughs> but nah, nah, man, I appreciate you guys, man. I'm, I'm just a phone call away, Corey, anytime you need me. Just reach out to me, man, and and I'll be glad to jump on with you. All right. I appreciate that. And that'll do it for episode 182 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag I believe. Hashtag the I love.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.